Hello and welcome to Sweet Talk with Sugar Chef, the podcast, a platform for creators to chat about what really inspires them. They will share their life lessons that they've learned along the way, and most importantly, they'll tell us something sweet. Okay, no problem. I'm going to go back again. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to Sweet Talk with Sugar Chef. I'm super excited to welcome this very special pastry chef. Her name is Caress Hudson. She's the owner of Henny Penny's Patisserie located in Pensacola, Florida. Chef Caress is a pastry chef, Johnson & Wells alumni, and owner of Henny Penny's Patisserie. She is the founder of the Business Roundtable and Noir Investment Group. Her businesses have been featured on local and national news. And most importantly, Chef Hudson is a wife and a mom to four beautiful girls. Welcome, 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 Chef Hudson. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited to talk with you. It's been a while since I've heard from you. And I've seen you. I mean, of course, I've seen your your dessert photos, which are always you know, mouth-watering, and I'm always drooling on my screen, looking at all your tarts and cakes and things like that, and uh, I'm just so excited to have you on and to talk about some sweet stuff and, and life and everything else. Awesome, but look who's talking. This is, I'm only talking to the sugar chef, the person who <laughs> I watch on Instagram and see some amazing desserts from, so yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. Okay, when did you first realize that you were creatively driven? And at what age did you know that this was, you know, you were destined to to live a life in sugar? You know, thank you so much for asking me that question. Um, and I, it wasn't until later in life. Um, I knew that I was creative in many different ways. I had a wonderful grandmother who was very crafty. And I watched her make different things and even baking. But it wasn't until I'd say at least my mid to late 20s that I started to embrace some of my uh, creative uh, notes that I would dabble in. Um, if, and it was on in different genres. Um, so I would say, it, yeah, it, it had to be my late 20s, maybe 30s, and even with, with culinary. Um, I didn't start, I worked in hospitality for a long time. I worked in hospitality for like 20 years and worked for some amazing places. But um, and it's something I kind of fought to try to go around. Um, I really didn't necessarily think I was going to have a career in life in hospitality. Not in this manner, um, because I was a late bloomer. I didn't start off into my career until way later. So I think um, I'm a late bloomer. I, I, I found my creativeness and my creative touch probably into my late, late 20s, mid-30s. Okay, and so, you know, how did you cultivate your, your talent during that time? You know, um, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. In hospitality, it's like cultivating your talent. It makes it easy as a wife because guess what I'm always doing? When they ask, what's, what's cooking, who are they looking at, Sugar Chef? They're me. I'm like, eh. Exactly. So... Um, I'm always in the kitchen, and of course, in like Southern Black families and culture, what do we do around the holidays? We're getting in there doing what? Cook, you know, chopping it up. <laughs> cooking. Cooking. I'm looking to see what you cooking, looking to see what looks on your menu, looking at friends' menu. I mean, let's be real about that. So yeah. that, that these create constant opportunities to cultivate that skill and craft and to try something new 
um, and refreshing. And I'm just grateful. I've always had a community uh, and family and friends that supported uh, me trying different things that were new. Um, the culinary side, I didn't get the professional side until I went to culinary school um, a little bit later in life. But luckily, I've been always in a community that cultivated um you know, cooking, they had a love and affinity for cooking and supported me um, in that, in that, in that realm. And then I've also had amazing, you know, chefs around me, you know, yeah. I think when I first met you, I was up in the, the D.C. area. How many amazing chefs are up there? Just how many? Oh, you know, so. you know we have quite a number of super talented chefs in this area. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm blessed to have been in that amazing, you know, that amazing, just mod uh, collection of uh, amazing chefs that I can always see, try, eat, you know, go by and eat their, you know, their food items and, and, and just being amongst that. So I, I count that to be a tremendous blessing. Okay. So do you have any tips on creating a standout portfolio or any suggestions on maybe a person that's just starting out developing, you know, their own personal style and brand? A hundred percent. You know, when I was first starting out, because the way that I found you, you know, uh, my story with uh, finding you, I always share. It was started with that banana Foster's cake. I was looking and still trying to figure out who I was as a chef, who I was as a pastry chef. I, I, I wasn't sure what my thing was. And everybody normally usually finds their thing. And in Henny Penny's patisserie, my thing happened to be I loved making tarts. And <laughs> who in my family grew up making tarts? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> but that was my thing. Now, how do I turn around? You know, how do I turn around and tell the world that this, this, you know, this is what I want to do? But I'm not even seeing it reflected. You know, so what I found is I like I liked doing parts. It's just something that um, it inspired me. It was fun. Um, I could do it repetitively and enjoy it without any fatigue or burnout. Um, I loved learning about the different styles and creams, custards that I could fill it with, and ways I can top it. So for someone who's looking to find their niche market or where they're going to fit in, regardless, whatever it is, figure out it. Number one, which is what item or what thing is your passion? Yeah. And when you find your passion, it totally erases. I mean, it, it, it can be work or it cannot be work, but it allows you to work in something or an industry that you love because God knows, I mean, <laughs> we work long hours in, in this mm-hmm. industry, and you better be doing something you like. You better be doing something yeah. you love. So yeah, if you can find point. something that you love, something that you really enjoy, um, and pinpoint it, and don't be afraid. Even if you don't see anybody else doing it, and you want to be unique, because how many, Sugar Chef, how many new trends have we seen within the culinary uh, industry that pops oh, up? That, constant. Right? Constant. So you can and recreate your own life. Right? <laughs> so trends, that's they the come and they go. Yeah, they do. The trends, they come and they go. Yeah. So um, if you want a creative, what would you be? If I, wasn't, if I wasn't on the creative side creating things, I would be spinning the globe and going across the globe somewhere. Somewhere. I love to travel. That is one of my okay. favorite things to do, to see sites. Um, experience uh, different cultures and anthropology. Just I, I love traveling. That's my, my 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 favorite thing. And I actually try to pair that in with uh, the shop. Actually, you know, I try to pair that with the shop. But if I could get paid to travel, ooh, you talking about living the life? <laughs> <laughs> so 
So tell me that you have four beautiful girls. Are any of them following Mama's footsteps in terms of pastry or wanting to own a, a business or anything like that? So my oldest daughter is 21, and she's actually studying. She's going to school uh, to be, uh, she's, she's coming up on graduation, but she's studying paralegal studies and sign language interpretation. But they all wow. cook. All of my girls cook, and all of them get in the shop with me. Um, am I sure that I have budding pastry chefs? No, I'm not sure I have budding pastry chefs coming behind me. But what I do know is I have children who understand and appreciate food. Um, taking these kids out to eat is a feat because they have a diverse palate. They eat a variety of different things, you know, and I'm grateful because they've had the exposure of food and food culture. Um, right. So regardless, despite them not, I don't believe, I'm not sure if, if I have any chefs coming up in my home, I do know that they are all very much um, appreciative of, of great food. Right, that's awesome, especially with, uh, you know, just being little little brown girls. It's, it's important that, that they can show the world that they're more than what they are and who they may appear to be. So I think that's great that you have talented kids who are uh, industrious and, and, and have a great palate that's refined because that will only take them places in the world because I think that, um, you know, when you have a, a, a broad palate, I think it will kind of get you into the kitchen and, and hopefully inspire them to cook or to bake things that they may not ordinarily cook or bake. I totally agree. You know, my kids surprised me, Sugar Chef, because they uh, they love Japanese uh, food items. So oh, wow. we will frequently exactly. So they'll frequently introduce me to new food items I've never heard or even thought about trying. So I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, just generationally, like my kids are doing and trying things I never would have had the exposure opportunity to try. Um, and food, the best. I think that's the beauty of food. Because um, one thing, you know, I've discussed with you, we talked before in regards to the DMV, the D.C. area. There is a beautiful collection of all types of genres of food up there. And I'm so glad I got that opportunity to experience that. And then my children got the opportunity to experience that, to embrace and to appreciate the diversity in the community. So they get to see many different hues and colors of people bringing their culture and their food to the table. Um, and respecting that, you know, when you sometimes, you, well, now I'm down in the gorgeous, you know, Pensacola, Florida, but we don't have that, that, that as much that, as, as that diversity and that complexity that DC and some of the other larger cities like Philly, Los Angeles, New York City offers, but we like to travel for that reason. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really awesome that your kids were exposed to that because um, hopefully as they grow older and they, you know, kind of venture into the world that they can continue doing that traveling and eating that way and hopefully being a globetrotter like their mom. We're hoping. And then when I get older, they can pay for me to go to places. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's get to the nitty-gritty. Okay, baking and then becoming a business owner, what, well, I'm not going to say inspired you, because I think sometimes just being a culinary student, we're always asked to, like, to do, um, you know, oh, can you bake this for me, can you bake that for me, but what made you want to um, open up a brick and mortar, and was it, well, I know it's a huge task, but was it daunting for a person who's just starting out in the business? 
oh my gosh, you know, I didn't want to open up a brick and mortar. I really didn't. When I was in culinary school, I, I thought that I I thought that I, it would be wonderful to work for someone um, and work for a large company. I was looking at the corporate side or working for a great business. I thought initially coming out that I would have more time in the D.C. or the D.M.V. area. So I was eyeing different kitchens who I could work for, work underneath and, and learn, um, learn from. So that's what I thought was going to happen. But it wasn't until... A small gathering without dessert is just a meeting. Contact Sugar Chef Desserts for all your dessert needs. Please visit www.sugachef.com. Making life sweeter, one dessert at a time. A conversation with my husband. We were trying to figure out where we were going to be moving to on his last duty station because we were up uh, up in Maryland. And I struck a deal with them, and we decided to move to Pensacola to kind of retire early, I guess you can say, and 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 pick our forever place to live in a vacation spot. So we that was the plan. And while we were here as well, the, the idea was, hey, I could possibly open up, you know, a space, open up a shop, I establish my career. Um, it wasn't until I started, I started preparing and trying to get after uh, I, I worked for a corporate company while I was down here for a couple of years. And then I started in April. It was actually, this would be my month anniversary of, of starting the, the seeding of Henny Penny's Patisserie. I actually okay. wrote the rent check on my birthday, April 22nd, three and a half years ago. And I gave it to my landlord, and I did not open up the doors of Henny Penny's Patisserie until November, the second week of the second week of November. I worked day in and day out to try to get this place, this location, my equipment, um, everything that I needed to dot my eyes across my T's because I was opening up my shop, and I was going to be um, one of the only. African American storefront bakeries in Pensacola. So you talk about pressure. Um, I'm, I've moved to the Deep South, lessened the diversity, um, looking at looking in some strange places with some strange colors and flags that are flying in front of me, and I'm wondering how am I going to, you know, how's this going to work? Am I going to be accepted? Am I going to be welcomed? Um, and while I was getting things together, it was tough. It was tough because people weren't giving me information. People weren't offering uh, any direction on what I needed to do. A lot of stuff was trial and error until I got it right. And that's what birthed the business roundtable because from April into November, I was constantly writing checks for rent and utilities and there was no bakery open. And all I was doing was in there on myself for the first time, uh, installing toilets, laying tile, um, painting walls, sealing cracks and crevices, um, you name it, whatever I need to do, saving up and serving tables. I was serving tables to, to purchase my equipment for my business all the way up until and after, because I was even after I opened up my business, I was working late nights to save up for my business. But it took a while for me to come to an understanding that I was actually going to open up a, a brick and mortar because... I knew the, some of the sacrifices I was going to have to give because yeah. my great salary 
I wasn't going to have that salary anymore. And people have to understand that as an entrepreneur, you, you're, you're sacrificing some of those things. Um, yes. My family vacations that I love to take, there's no PTO. <laughs> there's no pay time off. No, who's, who's sending me a check to go, you know, to, for my vacation? I'm not getting that. Where's my 401k? You know, all these different things. So I, I knew that, but for some reason, I looked at, you know, I really looked at my career and I said, you know what? I think I want to try to do this. I'm going to jump off. I'm going to jump off this cliff and I'm going to build my parachute on the way down. And that's what I've been doing each and every step. And for any entrepreneurs out there, I encourage you to educate yourself, educate yourself, educate yourself, and surround yourself with people who are in the industry who can help you and are willing to be open and honest on your journey. Because that is that definitely will, will help you as, as you're getting things together. Yeah, and as they say, it is really about sometimes stepping out on faith because you have to bet on yourself at times. You can either be, you know, working for someone else and not being happy, or you can be sacrificing and working for yourself and be the happiest that you've been in your entire life as well as your career. You better say that thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so right. So some other interesting things that I found out about you while creeping on your social media handles. <laughs> you dabble into fashion as well as modeling. So talk to us about being a pastry chef and being a model and keeping it all tight and right and, 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 and all that stuff. Tell, tell us about you that. You know, it's just, it really just was a challenge to myself to see how much I could say no to myself. Because as pastry chefs, what do we always do when we make our dishes? We taste. We taste a little dabble of this. How much more of this? Do I need to mix this up? You know, so that's always going to happen. But then sometimes, you know, you have to take a bite and a bite here and, and, then, and then more bite and, and, and to balance. I wanted to test myself to see how disciplined I could be um, in regards to things in the shop, which can definitely be a feat. And you know, some of the, you, you've seen some of the stuff I make at Henny Penny's Pissery and things I've had to make for my clients. So I decided at first that I was going to do, I did a, a fitness challenge. I competed in uh, the MPC, uh, which is an organization that um, has contests for uh, different categories of, of, of bodybuilding and muscle, you know, muscle building. And I did a competition for that and was very proud. I made it through that, that, that process. And that ended up being probably like an 18-week process of really leaning down to the absolute smallest I could possibly be. Um, and we're talking about, you know, <laughs> eating and exercising, doing, you know, doing two a days and things like that, and still, you know, maintaining the things I needed to do in the shop. So, um, you have that was that was pretty pretty trying, but um, it just was for me to now what things are right now for me. It's just about maintenance. It's just about making sure that I'm healthy um, for my children, making sure that I'm healthy for myself, um, making sure I can keep up with my children. And, yes. <laughs> you know, in my community, something I'm in my family, just generationally, you know, uh, black women, are, a lot of us are predisposed to certain health ailments, uh, high, high blood pressure, heart disease, yep. uh, diabetes. These are things as well that in my shop that I offer, I also offer um, sugar-free items. Um, okay, to, that's great. Sugar-free items that I make and I eat as well. And I, it's a specialty item um, that I that I share for some of my, my clients and let them know, like, hey, here's some options. And I balance as well with that. Sometimes I'll have my sugar-free cheesecake, and I'll do okay. fresh berries on top of it. Sometimes I'll do a sugar-free key lime, and we'll do that. But that 
my lifestyle has trickled over in that portion as well into the shop uh, to, to showcase and also, you know, display to the world, hey, these are some healthier options. If you need help to, with modesty and try to figure this thing out and balance this life, let me help you. Let me help you. Yeah. So I, I, too, struggle. Yeah. Yeah, because, it, it, you know, I think I always tell people you can, uh, you can know, you know, pastry is a dessert and it's a treat. It's not an entree. It's a treat. So you can definitely have it in moderation. Yeah. So how did you get the yeah. name Henny Penny? So Henny Penny's, this <laughs> beautiful story, Henny Penny's is named after my grandmother. Uh, we share the same birthday. We both were born on April 22nd. And okay. I was trying to figure out, I was in culinary school, and my chef, Chef Louise Nelson, up at Anne Arundel Community College, had asked me, um, and that's actually the class. She said, if you were to have a shop, what would you name it? And I immediately thought of my grandmother, whose name is Henry Maydews, and, I, and I'm blessed to still have her. Uh, she is 50 years older than me. Um, she is 91, about to be 92. And oh, wow. I wrote in flower, Henny Penny. And that name has stuck with the business. And, and that is her favorite nursery rhyme, because I know you know about Chicken Little. <laughs> the mm-hmm. chicken turkey lurkey yeah, penny do. penny uh-huh. 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 and that's where <laughs> our little nickname comes from and we carry that we have that book in the shop so when people come in people you know from different generations who can relate to that storybook also see it and they they enjoy it and they smile and we have uh our fans penny penny fans that come in and they've made little chicken items <laughs> from the storybook to have in our shop and Henny Penny herself, my grandmother, she comes in the shop from time to time when she's in town. Oh, that's that's really awesome. That's a, such a, a heartwarming story. So what's next for Henny Penny, and where can people find you? So we're so excited because, you know, we're a baby business. I call myself a, a, a micro bakery, a small bakery, but we just crossed over threshold in October. We're pushing toward, we'll be made 5,000 followers and we're pushing up to try to get to 6,000 and we're well on our way. So we are celebrating this week um, all the awesome things that's been happening in the Active Shop. So we're just elated about that. Um, if anyone is looking for us and trying to find out what's going on with Henny Penny's Patisserie and where are they at, you can always find us on our Facebook page, which is at Henny Penny's Patisserie. Our website is hennypennyspatisserie.com and we are located in Pensacola, Florida at 4412 West Jackson um, in Pensacola, Florida 32506. Instagram, we are cakes, spelled with a K, K A K E S letter N and quads I'm tying in that fitness <laughs> that I have for cakes and quads <laughs> yeah I noticed that you have some ties to the military you have a lot of military supporters that come and you've done cupcakes and things like that for a lot of the military families so that's really great that you're supporting our armed forces and um, you know the sacrifices that they make to protect us yeah, thank you so much. You know, my oldest daughter was very close to Chef toward getting into, she was going to join, um, she was thinking about joining the Army or the Navy. And I thought, how would I feel if my child joined and I wasn't able to get something to them on their special day for a birthday or to cheer them up? And myself, as a military child, my dad did uh, 30 years in the Coast Guard. And so I've always been around th- this community and had a sense of what it feels to be separate from your loved one. And that's a tough feeling sometimes, especially yeah, when you is. can't do anything. It really for is. Them. Yep. So I started doing a military special for 
the kids that are located in bases down here and we would drop off complimentary uh, cupcake packages to them and it's been I, there's not a, a day that I don't get a message from somebody trying to set up ordering for the, the cupcakes, but it's, it's an act and it's a labor of love that we do because it really could have been my child. My daughter opted not to go that route, but I empathize very much so with the parents who have children and spouses who are um, stationed down here and away from them, especially during the holidays. Yes, that's, that's, that's really awesome that you do that, and I really enjoy seeing the pictures with the military families as well as you making your Pat Sucre and your other demos that you do on your social media pages. So last but not least, mm-hmm. tell us something sweet. <laughs> Let's just whisper see. It in, just, just whisper it in our ear. Whisper something sweet? Okay. Uh, I'm going to flip the skip and do... Um, Let's see. Creme brulee. (laughs) And on that note, we are going to close out Sweet Talk with Sugar Chef with the amazing humanitarian pastry chef extraordinaire, (laughs) Caress Hudson of Henny Penny's Patisserie, located in Pensacola, Florida. They're a friend to the military group, as well as um, one other, I'm going to slide this one last thing in there. I noticed that, noticed that you do a lot of things that with single moms that are kind of navigating themselves through motherhood and young mothers. So I think that's really awesome that you do that and that you give back and you pour into people like they poured into all of us. So I think that's a really noble thing for you to do for um, for the community. So thank you for that. But thank you so much, Chef Caress, for blessing us with this, your time, your worlds of your your pearls of wisdom, and uh, and just making the world a little more sweeter. So thank you so much for your time, and um, I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Aw, it's a pleasure to be here with you and just enjoying this. Congratulations on all the work that you're doing. I so appreciate you. Thank you for inspiring me. Thank you for being available. Because that's something sometimes people aren't just available. And that just being available can inspire in, in so many ways. And I'm so grateful for, for your support and your encouragement over the years. You're absolutely amazing. And I thank the world of you. No, no. I'm just a, I'm just a work in the zenith of life. <laughs> but thank you for for your time. Stop. I appreciate you. And My I look pleasure. forward to visiting your shop. I really do. Oh, um, come on down to Pensacola. Come on down to Pensacola. We'll be waiting for you. I ain't coming to Florida, girl, until y'all learn how to wear masks. <laughs> because the pandemic is still happening, and I ain't trusting it. <laughs> and you know, that's that's the problem here. So hopefully it'll get better soon. It will. It will. Thank you for tuning in to Sweet Talk with Sugar Chef, the podcast.